0: You're listening to the Madam Secretary Recap Show by the Satellite Sisters. Thanks for joining us. This podcast is brought to you by You're the Best, a celebration of friendship. A new collection of essays by the Satellite Sisters, out now. For more information on this book, please visit satellitesisters.com or wherever books are sold. You're the best, Madam Secretary. You're the best. We're back. We're the Satellite Sisters. Thanks for joining us. This is our weekly recap of Madam Secretary on CBS. We're in season two, episode three. This one was, Julie, how do you pronounce that Russian word?
1: Rusalka, Rusigala, I don't know, one of the two. You know, I was never very good at it. But I think, yes, yeah, something like that,
0: Liam. I'm Leanne Dolan in Pasadena, California, and I'm here with my sister Julie Dolan in Dallas, Texas. We're two of the five Satellite Sisters. You can find more about us in all of our podcasts. We're a full-service podcast operation, News Talk Laughs. We do it more than Madam Secretary recaps, but we're glad that you found us. You can find all that at SatelliteSisters.com, Satellite com Julie lived in Russia for five years so Julie this was a fantastic episode for you we're gonna go through a lot of things and at the end I actually have a list of, of Russian questions I wanted oh, to ask okay you. okay because I believe in a recent email you referred to yourself as a Kremlinologist is that yes. correct yes I am Liam <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm the family Kremlinologist yeah okay let's be clear yes you're not actually a Kremlinologist. <laughs> But, but I do watch Vladimir Putin very closely. You know that, Leah. That is true. You've you mm-hmm. been on him for many, many years. You've been very suspicious of him for many years. And this, this story, obviously, Putin-esque overtones. Okay, because this episode was so incredibly complicated, sometimes we break it down scene by scene. But you know what? We're not going to do that for this one because we'd be here all day. So mm-hmm. this one, Julie, I wanted to do it by major storylines. Okay. So I have my storylines. Then I have my favorite moments. And then I have, um, Russian questions for you.
1: Okay. How does that sound? As if that sounds good.
0: Has a structure. Okay. Here are the four major storylines. Uh, the first one's kind of minor, actually. It's the, let's call it the family storyline. First of all, we didn't see Stevie, the, the 21 year old daughter at all this episode. So we can only assume that she's off making poor choices. She's
1: she's up to no good. (laughs) That's it.
0: But instead we did see the young son, he, uh, the so-called anarchist son, yeah. all of a sudden he wants to play football. Now he's had to switch schools. It's tough being the child of the secretary of state, adjusting to the fancy private school. He switched to the public school. He's having a really hard time fitting in. He has no kind of mojo at the public school. So he decides he wants to play football. And this, uh, this is concerning to both of his parents.
1: Yes, but and I would concern me too when I saw him playing, you know, throwing the ball around with his father in the backyard. He could not throw or catch that ball at all, Leanne. He threw like a girl. You saw that, right?
0: Well, Julie, those are fighting words for some people. There are some girls that can throw the football I know a girls, lot better no, than no, that I know, could kid. throw
1: better than he could. I mean, he was just those were the worst. No, I didn't understand that at all. Okay. <laughs> all right. Well, so there's something up with the playing football land. Right. It's not what it appears to be. Well, yes. he
0: reveals that he's had a really hard time making friends. And I thought that was a very sweet scene when he, you know, he tells his father. Uh, he's not clearly in junior high. That is a terrible time. I mean, those are just it's two awful. to three of the worst years ever. Yeah. And if you think that maybe junior high is improved in the new millennia, it hasn't. It's still terrible. <laughs> okay. It's still bullies and bad skin. And everyone's crying. Girls, boys parents everyone's crying so it's still bad so you know over the course of the episode we see that uh he wants to play they don't really want to let him they're concerned about injuries but you know he does end up making the team right isn't that what happened Did he make yes the team? Ling, yeah.
1: but it is very interesting that madam secretary follows like NFL football on Sunday night. And yet, but Madam Secretary is pretty strong about, you know, know, we don't want him to have a concussion. We don't want him to get hurt, you know. So uh, it's just a little, a a small point.
0: And for this particular episode, I understand several people got messed up with their DVR because the game ran late. So yes, Liam, really was an interesting juxtaposition, Julie. Yes. All right. The other major storyline was that poor Dimitri Oh, my gosh. Oh my I feel God. so bad for him. He is the Russian student at the College of Warfare, whatever that college is. Uh, he's now uh, turned on Russia. He's become an operative for the NSA. Yes. Uh, Professor Henry, uh, dear sweet Henry, is now his kind of crushing handler. Henry had yeah. some moments, didn't he? Henry, and
1: Henry has a very dark side. He I does. He, he does have a dark side. And that came out the, uh, in this episode, that... You know, he is just he's mission driven. He wants to get this done. And he's, he's, he's
0: putting the hammer down on Dmitry, yeah. And so poor Dmitry had a, a test this week to see if he was actually going to be able to be trustworthy and worth it. Uh, he had to go to the Russian embassy. He had to drink a tremendous amount of vodka. He had to <laughs> to sidle up to the Russian ambassador, which seemed to be no problem at all. No one wanted yeah. to talk to that guy at the yeah. Russian embassy. And, uh, and then he had to be beaten up in a like mock uh, breakdown by fake Russian security people, all while being watched by the NSA to see if he was trustworthy. And when he passed that test, Julie, then when he went back to his poor, his room at the College of War, that was terrible. I felt it was like a ballet. It was like this angst written ballet, him tearing down and tearing apart his phone and his computers and his clocks because he was worried he was being bugged.
1: That's right, Leigh. And, and well, the one thing that Russians are very good at is suffering. And and, and I think that's what <laughs> Dmitri was just portraying, you know, that, that you know, here he is, the only reason he wants to be, a, you know, that he's agreed to be a spy is to help his sister out so that she can get some new drug for her cancer, okay? But he has to go against everything in his moral fiber. And even when he's do- doing that, they're beating him up over it. And so he's haunted and he's, He's, he's destroyed and he's suffering in a way that only Russians can suffer.
0: That is exactly right. I mean, it was like a ballet, a grand ballet, watching him tear mm-hmm. apart that room. He's a good little actor, that guy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I like him. Okay. The other, the third big storyline was, I'm just calling him Rat-Faced Craig. Okay, <laughs> That. Is that? Greg Sherman. Oh, yeah. yeah. Or Sterling. What's his name? Sterling? A Sterling. Greg, okay. Greg Sterling. Excuse me. <laughs> okay. He is the president's new national security advisor, and he seems to take a position on everything that is the complete opposite of Madam Secretary's position. And he's creating this tr- this rift between Bess and her the president, who was her longtime boss at the CIA, and Bess and pretty much everyone else in the administration. So- that rat-faced Craig, he just messes with her at every turn. Plus, he's Mr. Military Intervention, right? I right. think that's the solution to everything, whereas Bess is striving for a diplomatic solution. So right. he even shot down her lovely lunch invite, And I was like, oh, no, you didn't, rat-faced Craig. I mean— <laughs> I again.
1: wanted, I wanted, I wanted the secretary to take those ridiculous c- cuffs that she was wearing and <laughs> strangle Craig with them, you know, or at least borrow a pin from Madeline Albright and poke it in his eye. <laughs> Liam. I mean. He, yes, he's trying to undermine. We we are really looking at hardball politics there. He is just trying to rub her out, you know, and he doesn't give her any credit for her past successes. He said she improvised everything. And uh, he's just, he's making it as difficult as possible for her. Yep.
0: Uh, Now, there was a very complicated uh, diplomatic solution happening. It involved, you know, Bess trying to uh, side with the, you know, get the uh, Russian generals and the Ukrainians on the same page, whatever. It was just complicated. We don't need to. Well, it was it.
1: complicated and ridiculous. We are never giving up the Ukraine, Leon. <laughs> okay. And the Ukrainians are not giving up Ukraine. That was ridiculous. Like one conversation, one coffee cup full of coffee. Okay, I'll give you half. You can have half of the Ukraine. No, that is not going to happen, Leon. Okay. <laughs>
0: Well, I am glad I didn't bother then to decipher it. I was kind of (laughs) losing track what was happening. (laughs) Okay. But the big storyline of the night, I'm just calling the Black Widow Rises. So most of the episodes centered around uh, what is happening in Russia after the death of the president. And the, you know, show opens. We see the, you know, beautiful Russian widow sitting there in spectacular sets this week. Didn't you think? Beautiful were, production values.
1: They were really beautiful. I mean, she's gorgeous. The Russian supermodel um, that is the wife of the president. She's no Ludmila Putin, who was Putin's first wife, you know, which was she was more of a hardier stock. Uh, this supermodel, you know, she's just... She's dressed in fabulous black clothes. Uh, they have her smoking, which I thought was sort of an odd detail, but maybe that will uh, the the meaning of all of that will be revealed. Um, but uh, it is, you know, they and you, and again, yes, it
0: looks very beautiful. It looks like you are you're literally in the palace at the Kremlin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was spectacular sets all the way through. Mm-hmm. So she's the widow of the now deceased Russian president, and yeah. she creates over the course of the episode, she creates her own power play while mm-hmm. Madam Secretary is off, you know, reuniting Russia and the Ukraine, and the Ukraine is giving up half their country, which Julie now tells us is terrible. Uh, the the grieving widow is creating her own coalition in Russia. And in the middle of the eulogy, like her husband's eulogy, she gets up and she denounces... Elizabeth McCord. Madam Secretary is taken down in the middle of the eulogy. She calls her this you know, uh, what is supposed to be like an evil Russian mermaid, the result. Yes, it, it's
1: like, a, it's like a, a bad spirit. You know, like you don't you know, and the, and the Russians are very superstitious. I don't know, I, you probably don't know this, but yes, about everything leigh I mean that, you know, you can't uh, like stand under a door frame. Uh, they will never shake your hands. You know, they, you'd either need to be in one room or the other. You can't just Put your arm out through a door frame, they think that's bad luck, or you know if you you know drop salt they get, they go crazy about that, crack mirrors, you know all kinds of things so this This is like a Russian spirit, and they think that she is an evil force, and they want Elizabeth out. Yes, it was a very awkward scene <laughs> awful little detail, Russian Orthodox churches in Russia. There, there, are no pews. Okay, everybody's standing. Okay, and you, you don't, you don't get to sit down. But, but she had to, she had to leave. You know, she had to walk out. She had to make that decision to walk out. Uh, the secretary, right? Pretty and amazing. it was
0: humiliating for her, and humiliating for Russia. I mean, humiliating for the United States. And the Black Widow ends her speech by saying, "Russia will never be afraid of you." Or what? What did she say? That's, Russia. Yeah, that's was... right. Yeah, she will never be afraid of you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And then, and then we see the Black Widow. Then, in this kind of Avita meets the Black Swan moment, my she, gosh, she's at the Kremlin. She opens up the gates, and out she comes, and lifts up her hands to an adoring crowd. And I, that's when I thought, well, she must be a Tony winner too. This actress, <laughs> uh,
1: okay, like she's everyone break out in a song, yeah, at a moment. Okay, that's possible. Yeah. But it's. I mean, maybe she just saw this as her part of her play. She was she's um, she was backed by all those Russian generals. And maybe they feel like she will be a good face for Russia while they run things behind the scenes, you know, that she's not going to give them any trouble. You know, she's just going to sit there, look beautiful and smoke cigarettes and uh, and that uh, they can run the country as they see fit. So
0: that maybe that's the plan. All right, Julie, I have a couple of Russian questions for you, and then then I'll do my favorite moments. Let's just go right to the Russian questions, because this really, this episode, start to finish Russia, certainly set up future storylines that, you know, we're back in the Cold War, our biggest enemy is Russia, let's go. So we're going to be getting a lot of Russia, it appears to be over season two of uh, Madam Secretary. All right, the opening scene was a shot of vodka and something, and the Black Widow was sitting there, you know, beautifully lit can you explain like the vodka thing it's day and night it's why is it such a big deal
1: it's well first of all that particular that opening shot of the vodka that was brown bread or black bread on top of the vodka and that was uh in uh to uh, memorialize the the dead president that was sort of his drink and and vodka when it's served like in a, you know, like a regular family or social situation, it would be a shot of vodka, some black bread and a pickle, you know, that that's, you take the shot, eat the bread and the pickle, take the shot. Uh, But I wouldn't recommend doing that repeatedly at all. But, um, Uh, so, but that was for the dead president, uh, and I verified that with my Russian daughter-in-law. She told me she. I, I checked on checked on that, and yes, uh, good well, good I'm fact talking. checking. Good fact. I did, checking We do some fact checking here at Satellite Sisters. Um, And yes, vodka would be served at a wake, that that would be very common. um, And you see it on on the tables as well. You know, you know, at a formal dinner, vodka would be served um, as part of a formal dinner. It's just it's the drink of Russia. They always drink it in a shot glass, never on the rocks. Uh, You know, that's not that's not how they do it. But in many cases, it's ceremonially uh, and it's not like you're sitting there doing a lot of shots, you know. But in other cases, there are there are people just doing
0: a lot of shots. (laughs) Well, I remember when we went to visit you in Russia, we were doing an event. So three of us showed up and we went to a lovely ladies lunch. uh, Our first day there, we had just gotten off the plane. Vodka for all like at lunch. Yeah, because that's a formal ceremonial. thing. Yes. All right. OK, you know, in the middle of this thing, we see the Russian president lying in stake, Ostroff, the dead guy, and they had all the Americans there kiss the dead guy. I did not believe that. I did not think that our people would have to kiss a dead Russian leader.
1: No, I mean, well, first of all, he wasn't frozen like Lenin. OK, okay. so he was just he was just dead. Yeah, I don't think they would let that many uh, just regular people like junior staffers kiss their, they kiss their president like that. I mean, I think that that is, again, some uh, formality that you would see, you know, so Russians would do it with real Russians, but they're not going to let some state department, you know, you know, p- press person, uh, kiss the former, uh, the former president. I don't think so
0: either. Okay. I didn't buy that. All right. And then, uh, the black widow, the fact that she was able to take over to turn the generals to her favor. Does yeah. that kind of stuff happen outside of like, you know, Argentina? I mean, what's well- <laughs> Venezuela. I mean, this seems a little old. Country as big as Russia, they turn the stuff over to the widow still. Do you well, have any nothing, political you know, thoughts
1: on I that? I mean, it's all, I mean, it's very, cent- despite, despite the fact that it is a, allegedly a democracy. You know, I mean, it's very centralized in Russia, and that if for some reason something would happen to Putin, I mean, he did ditch his first wife Lumila, and of course now he's hanging out with the gymnast. I can't see that they would they would put the gymnast, uh, the Russian gymnast, um, as as the new president of Russia. But you can see that the wife would be very, you know, would be very powerful. Indira Gandhi, you know, that that she came from a family that 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 was, you know, that was, you know, important. I mean, she was a daughter that way. So I think you would see female family members or wives take over. Yeah. Okay. Why not?
0: All right. Thank you, Julie. Thank you, Kremlinologist. All right. I had a few favorite moments. I don't know if you have anything else. Do you have any? No, no, no. Go ahead, Lee. Your favorite moments. Okay. First of all, I loved uh, the sexy time between um, lovey-dovey Henry and Bess in the beginning when she's asking him, you know, what dress should I wear to the funeral? Julie, all she has to do is hold up a little black dress. She doesn't even have to put it on. And Henry goes crazy. I mean, how easy is that?
1: Yes. Yes, that was good. That They are cute together, Liam. They have that chemistry. Yes, it's working.
0: <laughs> All right. We can't let this episode go by without discussing what you can only refer to as the cavalcade of blouses. I mean, they just did not stop coming. The tie blouses, the kimono blouses. We had black and white blouses. We had a bathrobe. That was so nice. It could have been a blouse. I mean, <laughs> what? Now... What did you think about the kimono blast, Julie?
1: Well, Leanne, I mean, it looks best when you have your elbows on the table. Then I think (laughs) it, you know, then you're really in a power position. So if you're at a cabinet meeting, I think that's going to work. Obviously, if you're at a luncheon or a dinner... That's a problem because you have your elbows on the table. And once again, the secretary is not using her coffee cup saucer, okay? But this would really be very upsetting to our mother, you know, very upsetting, okay? And I believe that she's going to get that blouse in her coffee cup. At any moment, Lynn. You know, the
0: thing is, it was a beautiful blouse. It was this yes. blue and white blouse with right. these enormous kimono sleeves. And yet, at one point, she put, like, her grandmother's button-down <laughs> sweater over it. Like, <laughs> I guess it's cold at the State Department.
1: Well, she was working hard, Lynn. That was, that was, she was with her with her brain trust there. And they were working on
0: this... On that, that cockamamie scheme for the Ukraine. I know. She needs to get Josh Lyman on her team from yeah. the West Wing. He's available. I mean, she, she needs one solid employee there on yeah. that team yeah. uh, that can take things seriously, you know, besides B.B. Newworth. Yeah, that kimono blouse. Unbelievable. Uh, so, but then I thought when she put the blue jacket over it, she had to go meet with the president and rat-faced Craig— like that, then it looked good. Mm-hmm. I thought yeah. she looked fantastic, Madam Secretary, at the funeral. I thought that Absolutely. was a real power suit, the red blouse. She had the same tie, the pin on that um, Madeline Albright had given to her in the episode before. That was a good look. I thought yes. that was good. Uh, so, you know, excellent work on the blouses. At one point, the consultant told uh, Madam Secretary that she should start a binder on Rat, oh, Face, yeah. okay. on Rat Face Craig. Yeah, yes. uh, You know, an opposition research, oppo research binder. Julia, I think we should start a binder on these blouses, frankly. Yes, I should. Okay, Liam. We should. You know, like Mitt Romney, he had binders full of women. She's got binders full of blouses. I mean, that's unbelievable, her blouse Mm -hmm. collection. All right. And then I did like uh, Jill Hennessy making a brief appearance, but taking our note on how to wear her hair, correct?
1: Yes. Yes, she did. She put it up. You don't like that ombre look in a ponytail. You don't like a Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: So she's Henry's uh, national security handler. And uh, she was getting tough with Dimitri. But um, at one point, Henry asked her something, and she said, Yeah, I'm going to have to kick that upstairs. And mm-hmm. I just thought that's a phrase I should use more. I'm going to have to kick that upstairs. Like, there is no <laughs> but upstairs. You are upstairs, Lynn. I know. <laughs> it's just, I'm going to have to kick that upstairs. It's, okay. Exactly.
1: Okay, that's a good one. <laughs> Anything for you? Anything else? Well, of course, the tent, Leon. I love oh. the high-security tent, yeah. the pup tent that they set up in the room. Now, you know, it looked ridiculous. It sounded ridiculous. It was ridiculous. But, of course, today, where art is imitating real life, uh, it, was, it was revealed that the head of the CIA, uh, 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 Mr. Brennan, had his a- AOL
0: account
1: hacked today. So he apparently does not have a tent in his office. And I think he, I think everyone at the CIA and everyone at the
0: state department should start putting up their tents. Don't you think? <laughs> Do you think the server in Hillary's basement was in a tent? I don't <laughs> know. They dented that? <laughs> I don't know. That tent was it. That was just, that was a crazy thing. I loved it. <laughs> and sort of the big reveal at the end of the show, another storyline setting up, is that a couple, in the first episode, the president's plane went dark, no communications. What happened? Oh, it's hackers. Now we know that the hackers had uh, 100% control of the plane, and they could have crashed the plane into the ocean if they wanted to, and they didn't. So oh, it's oh. a threat. It's a warning. Someone out there, not presumably not the Russians and the Black Widow, because she's very busy doing other things in Russia. She She's got a lot of fur, a lot of outfits to put together. She's uh-huh. got more speeches to make. But someone is out there uh, as a threat to the president. So that was an exciting upshot at the end.
1: Yeah. No, this is, is quite a drama, Liam. <sighs> I, I'm really enjoying
0: this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. If you have comments or questions, you can always find us at satellitesisters.com. Also, join our Facebook group uh, where it's the Satellite Sisters. You can join if you're a real person and not a bot. We're happy to approve you. Or you can find us at our regular official Facebook page, Satellite Sisters. But uh, all the shows you need and everything you need are at satellitesisters.com. All right, Julie, I am exhausted. I mean, that, I know. that was. I think,
1: you, I think you need a shot of vodka, Liam. That's what I think. <laughs> Kick it upstairs,
0: Lan. (laughs) Over and out. We're the Satellite Sisters. Don't forget, call your Satellite Sister.